Okay, so this morning, we're dealing with one myth, okay? Last week, we dealt with five, and then I teased you about the, the sixth one. And so this morning, we're going to deal, about, deal with this sixth myth, and, you know, it is that heaven or the afterlife will be boring. Do you want to know the truth, or do you want me to make something up? Really? Come on now. You know, what do you want me to do? I mean, do you want a good story, or do you want the truth? You know, if you want the truth, you know what you've got to do? You got to get rid of all your good stories. I mean, you know, all the good stories and all the wonderful things. And let me tell you, a lot of songs that I sang growing up, I look back at them now and I say, that's not scriptural. You know, I mean, I can tell you something right now, but I'd hurt some of your feelings. <laughs> if you want to know, ask me after church. I'll take you to one that said, that is not scriptural. But we sang it, man, we'd sing it. We'd, man, that sounds real good. But I'm sorry, it's not scriptural. You've got to get back to scripture. If you want to know the truth, You've got to be willing to let go of everything else you believe. Okay, I've said this before, but it's been a while. Let me say it again. None of us, not one single person, not even the Apostle Paul, will stand before God one day and hear him say, you know, you're the only person that had it exactly right. You had it all figured. You knew it just perfect. You, you, you knew and understood everything. None of us will, because even the Apostle Paul said, right now we see through a glass, darkly. We see things, but we don't understand. Then we will see and understand face to face. So you, if you want to know the truth, the first thing you've got to be willing to do is set aside anything else you've ever heard and dig for the truth. You know, I had it happen to me this week. You know, I thought, man, I thought I was getting revelation, you know, because I was, I was kind of just pondering on something and some things. And, and man, I was, I was just thinking, and it had nothing to do really with this series. I was just thinking of some things, and, and, and you know, I thought, you know, it's kind of one of those times that you thought you get an epiphany, but, you know, you just kind of been thinking something up in yourself, you know. And, and I, I kind of said to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I said, you know, God is probably not, da, 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 you know, and I, I kind of went through this thought, you know, and immediately... I sensed his spirit say, but what about that scripture? And he took me to a scripture in my mind. And now listen, he can't do that if you don't put the scriptures in your mind. Okay. But he took me to a scripture in my mind and he immediately said, but what about that scripture? I said, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That one was just me. That was not an epiphany from God. That one was just me. You know, you've got to be willing to say maybe this that I've always believed isn't right. For example, one of the things last week had somebody asked me after service said, now, wait a minute. If we're not going to live in heaven, if you weren't here last week, okay, I just blew you away, right? <laughs> You're saying, we're not going to live in heaven? No, 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 we're not going to live in heaven. Okay, because, and, and I took you to the place, and listen, if you, you know, you're jumping in the middle of this Mythbusters series, so you might ought to back up and listen to the podcast from last week. But, but what, what Scripture tells us is when we die, our spirit immediately goes to be with the Father in heaven, in what we call the heaven, you know, that place where he is, his throne room, where he exists. But we're just there for a time. Okay, and, and, and then after that, there's a lot of other things going to happen. A whole lot of other things are going to happen. Uh, things going to, you know, after that, there, there's going to be actually a time where God rules on this earth. Crazy and cool, isn't it? But he's going to rule over this earth, and then he's going to create a new earth. I mean, you know, a lot of people have this idea that we die and we immediately go into this state that we're going to be in for the rest of eternity. There's going to be a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot more stuff happen after your death than has ever happened in your life. A whole lot of stuff, okay? You, we need to understand. And so, so really, I don't even, you know, I try not to use the term heaven, but it slips out all the time. You know, I try, you know, I, the afterlife would be a much better term for us to use, 
Because what we really need to understand is, I told you last week, there was a very important word last week and this week. It is life. It is after life. There's an afterlife. And in this afterlife, you're going to be more alive than you've ever been in, in these few years you've got down here. There, there, it is going to be more exciting. There's going to be more stuff. It's going to be more amazing than anything. This morning, as the worship team was, was praying, I hurried up here so I could, I could pray with them, and, and Jeff led the prayer, and he said, God, all the words we use to describe you are still ugly. I thought, yeah, that's, exact, that's, that's what I'm preaching about this morning. Everything we use to think about and talk about what the afterlife is going to be, it still has, it no, in no way does it begin to even measure up to what the afterlife will be. And so this question that was asked me, you know, after service last week was, well, if we're not going to heaven, where's those streets of gold going to be? Okay, well, there are streets of gold. I'll tell you about those in a little bit. But they're not in heaven where God is right now. It's coming, okay? You see, here's the thing. We really have no idea what it's really going to be like. We're like a six-year-old boy who says, girls are icky, and kissing one is even ickier, you know? We have no idea what it's going to be like. I was thinking this week about, of, a, of a good example of, you know, you know that my family, we just went to Disney World, and, and you know, at Disney World, I, I've always thought, well, you need to wait till the kids are old enough where they can appreciate it. You know, if you're going to spend that much money on a vacation, you really want to, for them to remember it too, you know? <laughs> you know, especially when they start thinking about going on an expensive vacation, you can say, wait a minute, you remember how much money we spent on that? I've always thought, you know, you want to be older, and we, but we carried, you know, our two and a half year old grandson, Colin, and, and our 15 month old uh, 15 um, yeah, month old uh, granddaughter Macy and we carried them as well and they too they were blown away you know they were blown away but you know when we, we were talking about going to Disney they didn't have a clue what that meant we talked about going to you know where Mickey lives but they didn't have a clue what that meant but when we got there, we went into this one show at Hollywood Studios, uh, and it was Disney Junior. It was a live show with, with you know, large-sized puppets, you know, almost life-sized puppets. And, and, and Colin, especially, that two-and-a-half-year-old who watches Disney Junior, and Jake and the Neverland Pirates, and Sophia, because his, his uh, big sister, she thinks she's a princess. So, you know, he has to watch Sophia the Princess first with her, you know. And he watches all of these, and Mickey Mouse, and, and Goofy, and, and Donald, and Pluto, you know, and he, he sees, and then all of a sudden, we're there, and there they are live. Colin, Colin is standing up, you know, cheering like that, you know, and just, his eyes are just, he's just amazed that we're actually with him. And I thought, wow. What a great picture of what the afterlife is going to be. You know, when, when God says we're going to, he- we're going to uh, uh, Disney World or we're going you know, to, to eternity, I don't really know what that means. I'm like a two-year-old. I don't know what that means. You're going to my home, D- Mickey's home, my home. I don't really know what that means. But then I'm going to get there. And all of, these, all of these things that I've heard all this time and all the connections that I've had and maybe pictures that I've seen and the pictures in his word especially. And then I'm going to see him face to face and it's going to be like, oh, wow, this is the most amazing thing I've ever been to. And then you know what? You know what happens is then you just say, when do we get to go back? You know, that's what, that's what Brooklyn said the other night. You know, she, her, her parents have already said it's going to be a while before we go back again. But she said the other night, she said, I can't wait till next year. And I said, what, next year? So when we go back to Disney World, you know, she's already planning on going back. Let me give you a little good news. We won't have to go back because we'll be there every single day for the rest of our life. So l- 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 let's use some myths today to dispel some of those, to also look at some scripture. And let me show you a little bit of what I'm talking about. You know, you know why... People think the afterlife is going to be boring 
Because first of all, they think there's not going to be any fun. Right? I mean, that's what people think. It's not going to be any fun because they think you don't have any fun right now in your life as well. I mean, you know, we, we are Christians. We preach against, you know, drinking and smoking and, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Right? You know, we preach against that kind of stuff, you know, and we, we preach against, and I won't mention all those negative things. We, we preach against all, so we don't have any fun. So we get to heaven, man, it's going to be, ah, no, man, you're missing the whole point. That's not what it's about. Uh, let me take your scripture right here. This is Revelation chapter 21, verses four through six. This is where John is getting the picture. Now, he is seeing a picture of what, of what it's going to be like. Now, i got to throw this into you right here as well. Is we're not, you know, it doesn't say that he actually saw what was going on so much as he was seeing a vision of what was going on in a way that he could understand. Okay, So it's still like it's not really clear to him. He's still seeing pictures and not necessarily the whole thing. But here's what he sees and he hears. Here's a voice that's telling him that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no mourning, no crying, no pain. Uh, Joey said, uh, my brother Joey said at the beginning, right before service begins, he says, I know there won't be any football in heaven because there won't be any tears or crying or pain. You know, right? There won't be any football there. Uh, For the old order of things has passed away. And then he, Jesus, who is seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. Okay, get this, what he's saying. He said, I'm I'm getting rid of tears. I'm getting rid of mourning and pain. And I'm making everything new. You know, he's not saying, I'm making everything boring, guys. You know, know, we're we're going to a place where there's no fun. That's not what he's saying. He says, I'm getting rid of all this stuff. Uh, Write these Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Water, we're going to drink and eat in heaven. I mean, you know, we're still going to be alive. You get this? I mean, you know, it's not like we're going, we're going to be robots or something. I mean, he's going to give us water, you know, and we're still going to drink. And those who are victorious will inherit all this. I've got an inheritance. I mean, that's a good, is that not a good thing? Wouldn't you like to get that phone call tomorrow from a lawyer, say, uh, an uncle you don't know uh, that you've never met died, and you, get, you got an inheritance, and you know, we get excited about that. Here he said, you're going to inherit, and you know what? You're going to inherit a whole lot more than, you know, what God owns is a whole lot more than any uncle you've ever had owns, and we're going to inherit all this, and God says, I will be their God, and they will be my children. It, you know what he's saying here, the very first of this, especially the very first half of this, he said, I'm getting rid of the curse. He said, when God created the Garden of Eden, put Adam and Eve there, everything was wonderful. Everything was beautiful. And, you know, and God said, eat of every tree. Don't eat of that one right there, though, because that one's going to enter and bring everything crumbling down because it's going to teach you about right and wrong and sin and all that. You don't need to know. He said, stay away from And it was wonderful until they ate of that tree. And then the curse came in. And now the curse of sin. And the, the reason you get tired. Did you know you, you wouldn't get tired if Adam and Eve had never sinned? Yeah, because remember what the curse said about Adam. It's by the sweat of his brow, by, you know, by the efforts of his labors, he was going to raise himself crops and things. We wouldn't be getting tired if it wasn't for the curse of sin. We wouldn't get sick. We wouldn't grow old. We wouldn't lose our hair. And we wouldn't die. We wouldn't cry. We wouldn't mourn. What God says is, I'm coming in. I'm getting rid of all the curse. And I'm making everything new all over again. Not, not I'm making everything boring. He says, I'm making everything. You know, I, I, think, I think what it is with some people, they say, man, I'm cool here. I'm not going to be cool. No, listen, I think if you're cool here, you're going to be cool there too. You know? and, and for those of you who just think you're cool and we kind of snicker when you walk away, we're going to snicker about you because you're still going to think you're cool up there too. I mean, I, I, you're going to be who you are. 
You, you know, because I wouldn't know you if you didn't show up as who you are. You know, if you're corny, yeah, you're gonna be, you're probably gonna be corny for eternity. I know, I, you know. So all your family says, oh, you know, they're moaning like they're gonna have to listen to those same jokes. You know, maybe, no, maybe they'll meet some new people there over these uh, these millennials. You know, and they'll they'll learn some new jokes or something. But you're gonna be who you are. It's I mean, it's it's, it's gonna be like taking what we've got, getting rid of all the bad, and then just doing it for eternity. Uh, take that just a little step further, okay? Why is it going to be boring? Because we're going to have halos and harps and wings. I don't know if I had, yeah, halos and harps and wings, right? I absolutely hate Christian art. I'm talking about when, when it tries to depict spiritual things. I, I've, I have seen very few pictures of Jesus I even like. I started to give you one just to show you, but I thought, you know, no, I might get to heaven. That might be what he looks like. I might be in trouble with him. You know? <laughs> but, but really, there is not one. There, there's, there's not a picture. I mean, now, now this is a cartoon over here, obviously, right? Okay. You know, but this is the depiction that a lot of people have of what happens when we die is we go sit on a cloud for eternity. We get a, we get a harp issued to us and a, you know, a halo wings and all that kind of stuff. You know, and this right here is where somebody, okay, a little more, you know, a little more serious. Somebody tried to depict what heaven must be like. And I don't know if you can see it, but in the foreground there, it looks like probably a, a granddad and his little grandson. They're pulling a sled along. I guess the little boy's going to sled on a cloud or something, you know. And, you know, looks a whole lot better than this, but still not. But, you know, this over here, even though it, it's really brightly colored and everything, that's a serious drawing. That somebody drew of a saint, you know, that's, and that's, that's where we get a lot of the halo kind of a thing. It came from, it came from the old paintings of the, of the halos of, of the saints. And you know what? None of those are right. You know, and I, I just want to, I just want to scream sometimes, you know, and as a pastor, I just got to tell you, thank you guys. You've not done this to me, but as a pastor, man, pastoring churches, I've had people walk in with pictures, say, pastor, I bought this for the church. And I'm wondering Why? <laughs> And I thought we could hang it, and I w I'm thinking, in, in, in the closet, at the very end of the hall, where nobody will ever see the thing, you know? Yeah, I, thank you that you've not done it, because, I mean, here's the thing. They don't have it right. And whatever picture's in your mind now of what the afterlife will be, you ain't got it right either. Whatever you think it's going to be like, you're wrong. Whatever you, however awesome you can dream, you're wrong. You know why? I know. Not because I think I know. Take it to Scripture. Let's get to truth, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. You can't, you can't draw the picture. You can't imagine it. You can't, you can't build it. You can't create it. I don't care how great a software app you've got. You cannot design what the afterlife is going to be like. The things that God has prepared for us. Nobody's heard it. Nobody's seen it. Wait a minute. I thought John saw it. No, no, no. He saw pictures of it. Nobody's. And you can't even imagine. So all those things you've imagined, you need to get rid of that stuff. Because I, I, I guarantee you that one of the things, you know, you start talking to people about heaven today. You start talking to people about heaven today, they don't want to hear that. Because when they think about, you want me to get saved, go to heaven? You know, they start thinking about these kinds of things up here. You know, we have probably damaged the idea of heaven or the afterlife more than anyone has. Not Satan, but us. In trying to put it in our pictures that we can understand. And the best thing we can do is go back to 1 Corinthians 2.9. 
and say it is bigger, better, more awesome. And, and even those words, as Jeff was praying this morning, are ugly. Even big, beautiful, awesome, wonderful are ugly compared to what the afterlife will be like. We, we've kind of damaged. And, and, you know, there's something about the, this generation thing. You know, my granddad's generation, they almost didn't care what heaven was like because it had to be better than what they were living in. The depression and things of those days and before, I mean, it, it had to be better. But over the past 40, 50 years or so, maybe 60 years, you know, this country's kind of come a long way. Life's a lot easier. I mean, when we say today we are filthy rich and don't know it, most of you say, not me. Yeah, you're filthy rich. You just don't know it. You need to take a missions trip outside of this country and see how filthy rich you are. And, you, and, you, and, and so today, we don't need a heaven. I'm pretty good right here. And so we don't dream beyond something silly and inane as this, but we need to dream again. We need to realize that, and, and this, is, this is good, what we've got today is good. We live in a great nation. We live in a great place. We live in a great time. And we are blessed by the presence of God. He is, he is delivering you and your family. I mean, awesome things are happening in your families and in your lives. You're being delivered and set free. From, this is awesome. But this doesn't even begin to compare with what he has prepared for us after this is over. We need to dream again. We need to imagine again, even though I know I can't imagine it. But isn't it fun? Even if you've never been to Disney World, isn't it just fun to kind of imagine what it must be like when I get there? It's fun to imagine anyway. One last little thing about, about this myth, and this is a long one. Don't, don't get excited. I'm not, not two minutes away from closing. But it's, it's going to be boring because it will be church for 24 hours. Church, 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 church. Now, I said this last week. Let me say it again because some of you weren't here. You know, some people think that's boring because they go to a boring church, right? You know, I mean, if you didn't go to a boring church, maybe, uh, you know, you, that wouldn't be so bad. But is it going to really be boring because is it going to be church? Listen, it is not going to be a church service 24 hours a day, okay? It's not. I'll show you some scripture. I think we'll prove that in just a few moments. But it's not going to be church service. you got to think about what does church really mean? What does church mean? Is, is, is this hour, hour and 10 minutes that we have together, is this church? What's church? I'm the church. You're the church. We are the church. In the book of Acts. Right there, Acts 2, verse 46. says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's church. That's church living it out, not coming together just for an hour and 10 minutes. This is really important. But then, and, and, and that's what they did, is, is they met together in the temple courts. They came together and worshiped. But then they met each other out in the places. They, they went to eat together. They went to each other's homes, small groups, those things. They did all this, and they enjoyed each other's fellowship every single day. That's what church is. And, you know, at 2911, that's what we believe. We believe that we are the church. We are the living, live, vibrant embodiment of the body of Christ. This is who we are. We're the body of Christ. And we're living it every day. And as the church, we're supposed to be living what life is all about. And so the afterlife, what's it going to be? Yeah, it's going to be kind of like church. Not a church service, not a church building, but it's going to be us. It will be us. 
24 hours a day, even though there won't be 24-hour days, okay? But it's going to be constant. It will be us. So yeah, it's going to be church, but church is just not what we call church. It's going to be us all the time. It's going to be about us all the time. It's going to be about us and being with God all the time. Let me, let me just, the best picture you can kind of draw, I guess, is what John saw. So let's really look at, and I don't have time to read all of chapter 21 and 22 to you, so I've picked out several uh, passages here, but in chapters 21 and 22 of the book of Revelation, where John got the revelation, that's why that book is titled that, he got this revelation. This is what it says about it. Look at what it says about this place. Uh, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, the first earth had passed away. So God's creating this new earth. And, and, uh, and then he says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. And so he's seeing this vision and he sees the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. And it shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had great high walls with 12 gates. And I think I cut this out. We're going to the next verses. I think I cut this out that every gate is like made out of a single pearl. So it must be a huge pearl, you know, the gate's made out of. And the wall was made of jasper, the city of pure gold, as pure gold, as pure as glass. That doesn't exist, does it? Not here, it don't. Right? It doesn't exist because there are impurities, imperfections here. It doesn't, but it exists somewhere in a place where God is. And, and the foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. And I didn't include all those stones because I don't even know how to pronounce all of them. But it mentions 12 different stones. And I mean, if you just add them up and look at the colors and say, man, how, how beautiful this, just the wall of this place is, is going to be. you know. And uh, the great street of the city was of gold. Okay, there's the answer to that question somebody had last week. It's this city that has streets of gold. Not heaven, not where we're going when we die, but this, this other place that God is creating, it, it, the, the, the streets of that city is gold, as pure as transparent glass. So more of this pure gold that's transparent. And he says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. He said, I didn't see a church. I didn't see a church building. They didn't gather together to meet with God for an hour because they met with God. Every single day. It was just like back in the Garden of Eden. Remember the scripture we read last week? How that Adam and Eve were walking in the garden and they could feel, sense, or hear the presence and the spirit of God moving through the garden. It's going to be like that all over again. It's, we're coming back to that place. We, we won't go to church because he's going to be right there all the time. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like a, a, a young lady who is engaged to, to, to be married to a, a man who's in the service. And, you know, and he's away on deployment. And so maybe every day at some point she goes upstairs and she gets out those letters and she reads those letters and she's thinking about the time when he'll come home. And when he comes home, she's not going to read the letters anymore. I mean, she might read them every once in a while, but she's not going to go read the letters every day anymore because he's there. Same thing. God has given us the Bible, the letters. That's what those, those, those books in the New Testament are called, epistles. He's given us those, their letters to explain who he is. And so it's like we come together while, while, while God is away from us. We come together and we read those letters and, and we're thinking about them and we're saying, man, it's going to be great when he comes again. We're able to be with him. You know, this feels good to be in, you know, feel his presence and spirit, but to actually be with him in physical body and his physical body and be together, that's got to be amazing. And when that happens, it's like we're not going to need to come together to study those anymore because he will actually be there. That's, that's, what, this is, that's what this is saying. There's no need for the temple, so no need for the church. The nations will walk by its light. Nations? 
So he has seen groups, huge groups of people that will walk in the light of this place and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Kings, sounds like he's still got, there's still some, maybe a little bit of, uh, maybe government, but hopefully not any politics, right? Can't be any politics, right, in this place, all right? But I mean, you know, it's, I mean, there's still some structure and organization. I mean, we're not all just laying out under the, you know, under the shade tree, you know, all, all the time, you know, just kind of killing time for eternity. I mean, there's, there's actually stuff going on here. But nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Go on to the next verses, but let me point this out to you. No one who does despicable things. Those people that you kind of struggle with having mercy for, you know, those people that you kind of see, see on the news and you're thinking, there is not a punishment big enough, you know, there's not a punishment mean enough. Those, kind, those people will not be there. People who do those things will not be there. Again, what is he doing? He said, I'm pulling the curse out of this place. He said, I'm changing this. Then the angel showed me a river. This is the river, the water of life. It was as clear as crystal. There is no water as clear as crystal. Not here. But where there are no, but there where there are no impurities, where there is nothing. Maybe there's not even, I don't even know if there's even dirt, you know, in this place. I don't know. But it's like, as, pure, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit. Huge tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Wait a minute. That sounds kind of weird. You know, am I gonna, you know, I get a little problem, you know, on my scanners. I'm gonna pull off a leaf and just, you know, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but you think about, you think about where we get medicines today. We get medicines from nature today. You know, and, and so what is he doing? It's like he's just taking this, it's the same thing. He's saying the leaves of the tree, that, that maybe this tree of life, you know, has every medicine within it of every tree because it's got all these other fruits. So, and so no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and they will reign forever and ever. They will see his face. They won't just feel it. This has been good this morning. But we won't just feel. We will see his face. You know, you know what this sounds like? This sounds like all, to me, all of the best things of this life on steroids. <laughs> With all the bad stuff totally gone. You see, our ad attitudes and ideas about how much things are going to change. Yes, they're going to change because it's going to be so awesome and amazing. But it's not going to change in a negative way. You know, when somebody says, yeah, well, heaven's going to be boring. You know what they're saying? They're saying that that is worse than this. Okay, so understand. When you have an attitude that that's going to be boring, you're saying that's worse than this. That is not what God is describing here. He's describing an awesome and amazing place. And I know you're saying, but what, 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 what about the tailgating thing, Pastor? You, you know, you, you tease us with tailgating. I'm getting to that <laughs> now that we're here. Okay, ho I, I, I wanted to strip away a whole bunch of your attitudes and ideas, and let's get to tailgating for a moment, okay? Because right here, okay, this is a picture that a lot of people have of what heaven's going to be like. This, again, another one of those bad pictures. I mean, it's a good, I mean, this actually is a nice picture, and I've seen others, but it's of a banquet. I mean, how many of y'all want to go to a banquet for eternity? Or even if it's just seven, those seven years, you know, how many of you want to go to a seven-year banquet? I know, I know some of y'all love banquets. All right, I know that. So I, I'm not going to say banquets are bad, but banquets sound boring, you know? And so where, where, where do we get this idea of this long banquet, this long table? Well, in Scripture, Matthew 22, verse 2, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Oh, it's going to be like that. The kingdom of heaven is going to be like that. 
well, Jesus, just let me live here as long as possible because I really don't want to go to a banquet, you know, for forever. But when we say banquet, that, that's the picture we have, right? You know, linen, tablecloths and napkins and, you know, you got to dress up to be your best. Fine for a little while, right? But nobody wants to do that for seven years or a thousand years or eternity. Nobody wants to do that for forever. So let's just get rid of that picture right there. Just go away. Go away. Thank you. Because that's not what he's talking about. You got to put it in context. When Jesus was talking to the people who lived in his time, the Jews, he was talking about this banquet that was being prepared for by a king for a prince who was getting married. You know what he's talking about? He was talking about the seven-day celebration before it happened. You see, we do, we do it like receptions afterwards. They party for the seven days leading up to. You know, they, they party for seven days. I mean, day one, everybody gets up. They're cooking food. They're enjoying, they're, they're enjoying all the good stuff, you know, and every single best food they can think of. And this guy's a king. And, and Jesus, Jesus is telling the story here. He says, it's, it's not a pauper trying to put together a wedding, fee, a wedding banquet. It's a king. So all the best food is there. Everybody's friends are there. All the family has come together. We're all telling stories and we're remembering, you know, remember that time when little Johnny was about to get married, you know, remember when he did this and that, or, you know, we thought nobody would ever want to live with him, you know, and nobody would ever, you know, he'd never find anybody to put up with all this. You you know, you tell all those things in that, you know, 30 minutes or so in a reception. They're doing this all day long and they're eating the best foods and they're enjoying one another's fellowship. You know, you talk to somebody over here for a little while, you go hang out over here. They do it all day long. They just, and it's a celebration. It's a, it's, a, it's a joy. And they get up the next morning, guess what? They do it again. And they get up the next morning, and guess what? They do it again. And they do this for seven days. That's the picture Jesus is trying to give us here, is it is a constant celebration. That's why I say the afterlife is going to be a whole lot more like tailgating than it's going to be like a banquet. Because what we see as a banquet was that picture I just said, get away, <laughs> we don't need that anymore. It's going to be more like tailgating because it's going to be like getting together. Some of you, I know some were tailgating yesterday. You went to the football game and you know you were there and you were eating all the best food. You were hanging out with your buddies and your friends. And then you kind of got together for the big celebration, the reason to be there. Kind of like we're going to get together and worship God and, and worship Him. You know, and Jesus comes walking down the street. We're going to worship Him, you know, and hang out with Him a little. Then maybe we go eat some more and hang out some more. And you know what the next day's like? The very same thing. Just celebration, have a good time. It's going to be like, somebody said last week, maybe it's going to be like a family reunion. Well, if you got a, if you got a good family that you like to go see, yeah, maybe it'll be like that too, but it's going to be like tailgating every single day for eternity. And just whatever. Hanging out with people and seeing his presence and being in his, in his presence and his spirit. You, you got to get rid of the attitudes of all these things and understand it's going to be the... God has given this a lot of thought. He built this earth in seven days. By some estimations of time, since Adam and Eve were first created, he's been thinking about this for 6,000 years. Since Jesus left, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's been gone for 2,000 years. He created this in seven days. What in the world has he been creating for 2,000 years? Don't you want to go? I mean, you know, just, get, just again, you know, again, think about this isn't the best. The best is still yet to come. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make up our minds to go. Nothing get in our way. Stand with me if you will. Come to the front. I'm running just a little behind here, so 
A couple of things to pray about. Let's pray, let's pray a couple of things right here. Again, whatever your needs are, wherever we come together, and not just when we come to the front, if a couple of minutes from now and service is over, you think, man, I wish I'd have had somebody pray with me. Man, come find me or find someone, a staff member or someone you got confidence in and just, hey, would you pray with me? Again, if you've got a need, we want to, I want to pray with you right now, right here. Just come grab, you know, grab my hand and say, hey, pastor, I've got a need. You don't, you don't even have to tell me what it is. You know, I, if you want to, you can, but you don't have to, and I'll pray with you. So always, let's pray for our needs. You have needs always. Scripture encourages us, if you've got a need, to ask somebody to pray with you. Here's the second thing. If you're not ready to go to this place, then let's pray about that right now. You know, man, it, it, I did the best I could do. First of all, just get rid of some stuff, but I did the best. I, there is no way I can tell you what it's going to be like. It is too amazing. It is too amazing. And, you know, if you live here 70, 80 years, some of you get 90, you know, you live here 90 years, that's nothing compared to eternity and the amazing things that God has created for us. This life, whatever you've got left on this earth, can be so much better if you let God help you with it. The afterlife, there's no estimation to how much greater it is for a Christian and a non-Christian. So by all means, if you're not ready for that, let's pray about that too. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Let's pray. Let's pray over your needs.